Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Welcome to the Academy for Men's podcast studio. And um, for the first time in this new studio that we've created, we have the one and only Lori Handlers. And Lori, welcome. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Um, you are the creator and the mind behind the Academy for Men. You and I had a conversation some time ago, mm. and, and I'd like to share that story with, with uh, our listeners just to kind of catch them up, if you will, um, yeah. and, and then also talk a little bit about um, the work you do and who you are in the world. Mm. We'll, we'll give them a new, fresh look at you. How about okay. that? Okay. Yeah, great. So I don't know, almost four years ago, I said to you, I want to start an academy for men because I feel that men don't know how to make love. Like they may have studied sexuality. They may have taken Tantra classes. They may have uh, gained some wonderful knowledge about what it is to have ejaculation choice and what it is to do eye gazing and how to breathe together. But when it comes to putting their hands on a woman's body, yeah. They may even know how to touch a sacred spot, but I just don't think that all the Tantra men in the world or all the men in the world really ever learn how to adequately touch a woman's body such that she feels like they mean it, like they're making love to her in their eyes, in the way they communicate, and then when their hands actually touch her body. And um, many women that I know are frustrated, and they tell me that, all the time. Well, this must be a secret um, that's not being told to men because, I, I mean, I until I started asking the question whether or not that was so, I, I didn't. I wasn't hearing about the frustrations of women, much less my former wife of 16 years. I didn't know what a terrible lover I was until she divorced me. <laughs> <laughs> and then it all came out. Yeah. Um, well, that's the whole piece. Um, One, I'm so glad I said something to you about it and told you that we needed an academy. And I also was aware that I disrupt lives. Like if I make love to somebody, I disrupt their life. Mm. Like they have to start looking at being different in the whole way that they touch. Right. And um, and then I then I experienced you and your lovemaking and that disrupted my life. (laughs) So we were we like two people met and we were like two forces to be reckoned with Mm. and I said to you we got to do something about this Um, men don't know because they don't learn how to make love and women kind of naturally do but they're not allowed to say women are brought up like they're not supposed to like sex they're not supposed to let on they get slut shamed if they seem to like it, although I think that's changing a little bit, at least in my world that's changing, but um, I can't, my world is so skewed towards women who want to express themselves, so I can't say what it's like for the rest of the population or for people in other countries, 
only the ones who come to me, and that's a really small part of the population. Right. Men are simply not taught how to handle women. Mm. And, um, and women want to be handled adequately, uh, more than adequately. They want to be handled like the men they're with really feel like they mean it. And they want men to be present, and they want men to have skills. Absolutely. Like to know how to work their bodies so that they can go into ecstasy. Well, say, say more about ecstasy. What does that mean? Ecstasy is a form of feeling when the body is filled with hormones, things like serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin. And I, there's one more I'm, I'm not mentioning. Mm. Um, dopamine. Yep, you said that. I did, did I? Dopamine, yep. oxytocin, serotonin. serotonin, and there's one more. Anyway, um, it's an ecstatic feeling. Also, there are DMT releases mm. uh, in, into the brain. And uh, women naturally know that can happen, I think. Like, I think their bodies know it, but they're probably not allowed to go searching for that. Right. They haven't been allowed it anyway in the past. And so ecstasy is a state of letting go of surrender of surrendering into pleasure mm. and i don't think most people go there and i think it's because they don't know how to communicate verbally or in their bodies this is what i crave this is what i need yeah yeah i think you're right i think for the most part and and when you mentioned to me that you had this idea or you saw this need, right? There was a, there was a missing, there was a hole kind of in the fabric and you were like, and I get it and I've experienced it. You said you had experienced it personally and that you felt like what, what we needed in the world was like an academy for men. Like what, what, what would it look like for men to actually get that level of training around their sexuality? And you and I had this long conversation about it and I talked about, it. I was like, God damn, you know, I've, I, I spent years learning how to become a network engineer. I spent years learning how to, to architect and write and do all these other things. It, it took a long time to learn that set of skills, but I never learned the set of skills, you know, from someone else. This is mostly trial and error and kind of being a, you know, laboratory nerd or, and rat at the same time <laughs> um, to figure out what, you know, what level of touch and how and all that other stuff. So it was so intriguing to me to hear a woman say, we're not getting what we want in the bedroom. And f for me to look back and go, wow, I can, I can relate to some of the women I've been with who have made that statement. Like, yeah. you know. Well, I, you, know, you know, I consider myself a general of the sexual revolution. <laughs> you are. And um, so I've had many lovers. I've experienced many, many sex experiences and I'd have to say that I could count on my two hands the amount of lovers that have really been extraordinary mm -hmm. and I don't know what made them extraordinary I think it was that they were more experimental, they thought outside the box they were willing to try lots of different things something you call everybody needs a little strange mm -hmm. so Good. I think that a few of the lovers in my life, starting from when I was 18 to now, have been a little strange. 
and it's been, and it's been great. But I can't say that most of my experiences were like that. They weren't. It makes me kind of bored. It's made me want to take myself over the edge more than I wanted to try and get someone else to take me over the edge because Hmm. it became a no-sum game. Is that the right expression? Yeah, zero-sum game. Zero-sum game. It was like, okay... Really? <laughs> like I I yeah, yeah, I had to I had to check myself. Yeah. And and the scary thing here is is that um so many women listening to this couldn't can relate to what you're saying. And and so many men this is the scary part, and so many men are oblivious totally. to, this, to this possibility. Totally oblivious. To the idea that women many times would rather just you roll over and they finish themselves off. And that's a hard saying. Or they're counting. They're hoping that you hurry up and come so that so or they, that they fake don't have an orgasm. to keep, Yeah, they don't have to keep tolerating the the in and out right. of friction sex that doesn't have any skill to it. Yeah. I mean, just kissing is an art all to itself. Mm-hmm. And then kissing, I looking at each other, eye gazing, yeah. uh, talking to each other seductively. Sending seductive texts, mm. uh, finding new ways to express, and then actually like being handled, being touched, um, is just something that's elusive. And men don't get the skills in that, and women don't get satisfied in that. So there's a big gap there, and that could be part of the reason women are so angry at men. That's yeah, that's possible. I mean, it's only part of it. You yeah. know, I don't want to go into the patriarchy and all that stuff right now. I it's, just I would rather talk about skills because right. you and I have you and I have met this challenge and we have an answer to it. So I'd rather talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when you came when you came to me and you said, you know, I, I would like to do this this thing. At first you you had t- talked about perhaps doing a movie. You've done several. And right, so, I've done three films. Yeah, and a couple of them are, you know, um, award-winning films, you know, from film festivals. So it's right. You're 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 uh, a known, uh, acknowledged director and producer of films. And you had thought about what if I did it in a film, and um, and I, I had a little bit of a different look at that. I I thought about what do men need to know in order to become skilled in the way that we're talking about. Like I, I looked at it with what does it take for a man to become that level of skill and how fast can it happen and what's missing? And so I started working on a project that I call just add skill. And it became the program that we use to teach to men these specific skills. Right. And, um, and then, uh, I came back to you and said, I think I've got something for the Academy for men. Yeah, and I was excited. I was really excited about it. I was like, show me. Give yep. me the curriculum. Yep. Show me the videos you made. Show me what, you, what you're up to. Yep. And I still feel um, like the course that, that you put together and then the course we put together together yeah. is, is awesome. Extraordinary Lovers. And I still feel like the film would reach more audience. Yep. So, you yeah. know... Um, I'm talking to filmmakers now to see if anybody's really interested in my idea mm. of what it would take to put together a Hollywood type film right? where it's called the Academy for Men. And the Academy for Men is led by uh, someone like me. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and, and that's the beauty of it. And we can give a little bit of it away. But the, the, the gist of the Academy for Men was to have women um, who were able, who would teach men these skills, what it is to, to really hold presence and to hold space and to be there and meet them, right? And to be sexually skilled, the ability to touch without hesitation, to be able to really bring and read her body and understand what's going on and then create what's called a blueprint of her body and her sensual spots and all those things. And then that man would then go and he would teach others. Right. And he would have lovers. And there was a gauge. It was an age uh, difference. Right. My idea was that it was an age difference that women would pay it forward. Older women who... Older women are having the best time in their lives sexually because <laughs> they're not worried anymore about what yeah. the high school thinks, what the college thinks, right. what their family thinks. Like when women are, are menopausal or postmenopausal, when they're finished with all that, mm. they have the opportunity to have real juice in their bodies mm. if they continue to have sex. Some women don't think right. that it's possible and don't pursue that. But if they do pursue that, then they don't have those societal hang-ups anymore, and they can really give themselves over to sexual surrender. Mm. And, and if a man is exposed to that, to the idea and to the experience of a woman, an older woman, giving herself over into sexual surrender mm. because she's no longer worried about it, she can just enjoy her body, then... He's exposed to something that he can't find in, a, in women in their 20s and women in their 30s for the most part because they're still worried about all that. Yeah, their hang-ups and uh, there's a societal, um, you know... Pressure. And, and shame. And there's also a biological clock. Sure. Like she yeah. wants to make a baby yeah. at that age if she does. Mm. And so there's all these things that women have historically had to worry about. Yeah. And, and older women these days don't have to worry about that and they don't care if somebody calls them a slut or a milf or a gilf <laughs> or a gilf yeah like who cares right so it's like bring it on find some men and teach them how to make love to her and it's really a transpersonal action meaning it's not necessarily personal to her uh, or even personal to them and their relationship like she's teaching this man or these men out of an act of love for the planet. Yeah. Like if he's going to then turn around and make love to others, he's going to do so with the gift of skill. Yeah. And knowing, knowing what it was like um, to map out an older woman's body and then map that onto a younger woman and take away some of that hang up. Yeah, the fear, the fear of not knowing. Um, and, and I, I can say when I was a younger man, um, I felt like th this was just the pressure. This is what I would consider just the pressure of men, right? It's underlying. Every man feels it. We're just supposed to know what to do. Oh yeah. Like it's just, it's already, it's already spoken. It's a, th it's a foregone conclusion. Men just already know what to do because there's some secret, you know, cabal teaching men behind the scenes that women don't know about. Never happens. I thought it was called the locker room myself. 
<laughs> I thought I thought men talked about their sexual conquests. Locker room conversations. Well, fraternities. I mean, when sure. I went to college, the, the men talked about stuff. I don't know if they exchanged skills, though. They yeah. used to talk about who was loose. They Well, yes. And and so who was an easy conquest? Right. You know, who, who and but very nothing that mattered. Very rarely was there ever a conversation about, you know, I did this with her and this was the result I got. And she, you know, drove her wild when I did this particular thing. Never that. That's not the conversation that happens in the locker room. The locker room conversation is, yeah, did you get some last night? And the other guy who did goes, yeah, I totally fucked her. And then he's like, yeah, how was it? And he's like, it was awesome, man. So great. No detail, nothing of value or consequence. Just just that he had conquested this woman and had sex with her. That's the only conversation really to be had at that point. And so I... I And that's how women have felt hunted. Right. Conquested. Exactly. And that's not... We're talking about something completely different. Yeah, we've 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 turned the corner mm-hmm. completely. So when when that became the subject of real training, kind of like if you were to go and study um, martial arts, right? It is a transpersonal transference of information, right? The the sensei is teaching you the moves and the katas and all the things that are needed for you to be able to accurately perform those specific movements okay and there's no um there's there's no attachment there's no hooks to that right and however when you add sex to this thing hooks abound and it's because of the oxytocin it's because of the dopamine Mm -hmm. it's because we get a fix most of the people who are sex addicts are sex addicts because dopamine gets released into the system Mm -hmm. the dopamine is what causes the addiction just oh i forgot endorphins endorphins thank you yes um that release of dopamine and all the rest of it can be very um uh, intoxicating and addictive but the big piece, I think, of, of all of this is the one thing women seem to have the least of uh, from men, and that's presence. The ability for men to be with women, not with all women at once, but with the woman they're with. So to know she's a unique individual. She was a little girl once, and she had all the stresses of life that comes with that. Whatever country she was raised in, whatever system she was raised in, whatever she's an decade, yeah, whatever decade, she's an individual, and so having the ability to be present to that, who she is, uh, makes a big difference, and that's a part of what it is that we teach now with our with our programs, mm-hmm. and we're going to UK, we're going to London, we um, are to take this this information to them. Um, very exciting, very exciting. I, I love the ideas that you that you come up with. I mean, you're such a brilliant. I mean, you're like your own think tank. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda. Yeah. And then when I get to collaborate with you, it's it's even better. And so you and I created something called the Extraordinary Lovers Weekend, and it's truly an experience. Um, it's hard to it's it's hard to understand like what a deep dive this is into mo- into moving into those spaces mm. that seem to have a little shadow in them um and sometimes they're they're a little bit scary and also they can be very liberating like once you can shine the light in that area and it's not scary anymore you can walk through like it's no big deal right 
If you True. have a flashlight, it's much easier going through the tunnel than if you don't. True. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Well, you know, it doesn't have to be that. It, look, it, if you feel fear, mm-hmm. but you have something you really want, maybe you didn't even know that you wanted it. You know, many of the people who may come to us didn't know that they want what we're offering. But then they find out. First of all, all they have to do is be around us. And they see the, the electricity between us. Mm-hmm. And they see how we communicate. And they see, you know, they, they, sex exudes from us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does. And love does, too. Like, oh, yeah. when we're around, people are just like, wow, <laughs> who are these two? They're amazing. Yeah. When we walk into a room together. I was called sexy the other day. You were? Yeah, not by you. Well, good. <laughs> I was like, I'm sexy? Very sexy. Animal. You are. I went, wow. Super sexy. That's, that's interesting. You are. I know you don't see yourself I'll, that I, way. I'll embrace it. Hello, London. Everyone in London, Michael Gibson and I are coming to London October 4th to the 6th, and we're bringing a course called Extraordinary Lovers. And we plan to offer both communication skills to help you seduce each other over and over again as a team sport, and also real hands-on skills so that you can bring that real heat Back to your relationship. We're going to teach men some skills. We're going to teach women some skills. We're going to be teaching ways to communicate and then ways to touch each other so that you feel met. And that's a very rare thing in today's day and age. So please join us. We can't wait to be there with you. And here's how you can find out about it. Go to uk.lauriehandlers.com. We would love to have you there. But I have to admit, I, I just feel normal. I just feel like I'm just a normal guy going through life and, and doing things. And yet there's this, I guess, unseen quality that I, that I possess that I didn't know about. And they got called up for me. So thank you for saying it. And, uh, and I, I try to live into that. But yeah. You are very sexy. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I never saw myself as that either. But I know that I am. mm you know, um, yeah, it just happened this past week when I was in uh, Sweden. Some people said to me, you're really sexy you're, or, or you're something. I don't know what they said. And I went, I am sexy. <laughs> I'm amazing. You know, and like all the women in the course were cheering yeah. because I gave them something to look forward to. I'm their total role model. Yeah. Like they never met anyone like me who just wants to set them free Mm. and not worry about it. So what I was saying is, like, I feel that you could feel the fear and go for it anyway because there's an internal craving. There really is an internal craving to be seen. And being seen involves being naked, being Mm. in surrender. I think women and men have this. And I know that women long for it. I don't. I think men sometimes are so thick they don't know that they long for it, mm-hmm. and then when they find out when they're actually seen by someone who gets them, they go, "Wow, I I wanted this too. I never thought this would happen. I didn't even think about it. I was just so busy getting it right, or whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying to get it right. So true. So I think that 
with what we're teaching, which is communication skills, mm. like communicating the hard stuff, like what do I want before, during, and after sex, that's just like one piece, right. which most people don't communicate at all. Right. Most people partner up in sex and they've never actually looked at the other person's genitals. <laughs> I mean, I find that amazing. That's funny. Um, I want to circle back to that in a little bit. Okay. So we, so we offer them how to communicate and then we actually offer them skills on touching each other. Primarily men learning to touch women's bodies yeah. because they don't know how, uh, no matter what courses that they've taken. Right. And also we teach them then how to co-create with using that sexual energy mm-hmm. what it is that they intend in the world. I mean, that is powerful. Yeah. And that is the secret that was never expressed in the book, The Secret. <laughs> so true. Never. They missed the whole secret of the, the secret. secret of the secret. How do you have, how do you get what you want in this world? How do you fulfill your intentions? Mm-hmm. And it, they may be to change the world. You need your sexual energy for that. You yeah. need to create through what we call sex magic. And yeah. if you don't, you're not even using the powers that you have. Right. So. Yeah. It's, it's within each of us. To be able to infuse our intention into our orgasm and release it. I don't know where it goes, but I can tell you this. You and I have had some really interesting experiences doing this. Yeah. Um, I mean, some things have shown up in our lives that um, otherwise, who knows? We we weren't putting our intention anywhere else. Exactly. We were putting our intention on this one thing that we wanted to see happen. And lo and behold... We made contacts and people started coming into our lives. And next thing you know, we're going to, you know, London and other places. So it's it's a unique opportunity for somebody who who has no real training for a man who has no real training and what it means to be an extraordinary lover to in a, in a weekend become that. And I mean, I have some guarantees. I guarantee the guys that come into my courses, they'll leave being able to consistently provide at least a level seven experience for women. Women will go away going, wow, that was really good. Right. You know, great sex. Right. And um, and oftentimes level 10. And we've seen this happen with many of my students. And so it's exciting. It's exciting. It is exciting. That's why I'm so excited to be going to London. Me too. So, because I know there's so many people there who want this. Mm. I know plenty of people there. I know <sighs> lots of men there who want this. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. And yeah. it's, I, you know, it isn't, I don't think it's being taught anywhere. I don't think it's being taught anywhere else. I don't think anyone else is actually addressing it. I don't think Tantra actually addresses it. And I've been teaching Tantra for over 20 years. Yeah. I don't think that Tantra, Tantra gave me a lot. It gave me like self-love and inner marriage. Tantra gave me that. Yeah. But it didn't give me lovemaking skills. Mm. It didn't. It gave me freedom. Yeah. It gave me uh, some power and, and definitely the wherewithal to express myself in a whole new way because my body became a temple. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't think it gave me not, not the hard skills. skills. No, it didn't. Yeah. And so I know it. I don't think it gives men that either. Yeah. 
So what was the thing you wanted to circle back to? So um, you had mentioned that uh, most people who engage in sex, like the first time, have never even seen their genitals before. Oh, yeah. People don't look at each other's genitals. They go in the dark. Yep. And they don't even know. Under the covers. Under the covers. And they don't know what the stuff looks like. And that goes on for years. Yeah. Most women have never been looked at. Their yoni, which is like their vaginal area. Mm -hmm. It's called the yoni and tantra. Yeah. It's never been yoni gazed, and <laughs> and I don't think women actually really look at the genitals of their partner if they're if sure. the partner's a man either. I don't think I think that men's genitals are just like, well, they send us dick pics. <laughs> Here's my genitals. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, that's so ridiculous. Whoever's listening to this, never do don't that. Don't do that. Yeah, it's so stupid. Women don't objectify men like that. No. But I don't know that they really look at at their penises. I, I don't think they do. And one of the things that I that I advocate men do is to ask their beloved to um, to self pleasure before they ever have sex. If this is a person that you've never had sex with, ask her to self pleasure for you and to bring herself to orgasm to actually complete. The whole thing. So you can see what she does. So you can see what she's what she's touching, how she's touching, all those things. And it's almost like, and then, because a woman can have more than one orgasm, and then it's his turn to try, and, and she can actually communicate, yeah, I like that, a little bit softer, lower, yeah, do this part around here, you know, get closer to the introitus, right, do this. And at some point, men become certified in pleasuring her yoni. Her, her 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 knowledge of her own body and how she can bring herself to orgasm is a secret and a mystery to men unless men ask for this and i got to tell you it is pro you and i we've done this and i'll tell you it is so empowering you know it's it's super empowering. And then you'll laugh sometimes and go, you do just what I do. <laughs> and I go, well, I got taught by the best. So, yeah, it's important for men to know that. And yes. It's important. And I know women feel vulnerable because that's a private thing. It's something that's not done in public and or in the open. And so even to make that kind of a request requires a lot of, of setup on the man's part to make sure she feels safe in doing this. And so there's something to teach men about that skill. How do you make a woman feel safe so that she'd be willing to do this for you? So there's part of that. That's all part of the Academy for Men. That's all what's come about in yeah. these last few years that you and I have been working together. Yeah. And um, I adore you. I think you're one of the most amazing people on the planet. Clearly the general of the <laughs> sexual revolution. Um, and I, I'm privileged to have some part in uh, in the change that's that's come upon the world. So it's real. Yeah, it's really uh, to me. It's really important. I mean, I haven't literally I haven't taught with a partner since 2003. Wow. It's a long time. Wow. I've been teaching on my own. And then, of course, when I joined the ISTA faculty, I teach with two others at every course. Right. But they're not my partner. Mm. And you're my partner. I've never taught with anybody else either. Um, for the most part, it's been either on my own or you know with Lance. And Lance is an incredible teacher as well. He teaches your bliss course, and he's uh, you know he's a powerful man in and of, in 
in and of himself. Yes. And he's at work today. Otherwise, he'd be with us. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But, um, but you and I taught together, and mm-hmm. we, you know, we've had a couple of test runs, and... Yep. People raved about us. They just yeah. and the, there's some there's a different thing that comes over me. Like most people have experienced me, and they get me as this like, <laughs> you know, this volcano, no nonsense, yeah. straightforward, powerful woman. Right. And then when I teach with you, I'm softer. I'm more in the feminine because you hold the masculine so so expertly. Mm. Um, yeah, and so I can relax. And then I can just I can I can just be softer, and that's new. Mm. That's something I you know I don't have to like I don't have to watch out for you or monitor you or keep you on time or you know things I've had to do many times. Sure. And um, I it's so this is kind of new territory for me. Uh, going on the road with you. And um, and exposing myself to uh, what it's like to have people who know me a certain way see me a different way, right? And um, and and model that mm. for them. And I, I'm so looking forward to it. I feel like it's a I feel like it's a different kind of a gift yeah. to see two people who really are in sync, moving together holding the polarities of masculine and feminine, knowing that we have both masculine and feminine within. Right. We can actually balance with each other and, and, and weave yeah. with each other. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's not that ordinary. It is. It's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I'd, I'd like to add to that is um, how much you and I model what it is to be in sync and and um, in sync and connected, yet sovereign. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest things that I think our relationship has to it that makes it so unique is that you know, when you're talking to Lori, you're talking to a sovereign power. And when you're talking to Michael, you're talking to another sovereign power. And when we come together, we don't give any of that up. We meet each other with it. Mm-hmm. And um, we allow it to, it doesn't, it doesn't dilute, is what I'm trying to get at. Yes. Well, that's one of the first things you said to me when we, mm-hmm. when we met. Yeah. You said, I don't want to be in a relationship because I'm, I lose myself when I'm in relationships I've, uh, in the past. I've lost myself. I've become too much what the other person wanted me to be or what I thought they wanted me to be. Right. You said those words, something like that. And I said, oh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's not going to happen here. Right, right. And I, I, I'm, I kept my word. Yeah. I'm well, true so to that. I. I said I won't dilute for I'm anyone. I'm so yeah. glad. Why would I? Why would you? Yeah. I mean, we came together to be who we are. Together, we didn't come to each other to domesticate the hell out of each other so that we became some <laughs> puppet of what we think the other one wants or more what we're afraid the, the other one would leave us over. Right. Yeah. I think that's what it is. You yeah. know, long ago, uh, two Tantra teachers that I know, Dick and Antoinette Asimus, they're from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. They were on my radio show. Um, they said if you draw out a bell-shaped curve... Um, most people, when they come together in a couple, they cross off either side. So you, you, you have the bell-shaped curve, and you, 
they take away their kink, they take away their strange, yep. they take away their things that they think the other person will judge them for. Right. And so they end up being in the middle and less polarized, and that eventually crosses out the flame. Oh, wow. And so they had a practice. Uh, I mean, at the time I met them, I think they had been married for 12 years, and they created a practice of every single morning, one or the other would lead in sex practice, and they had to come up with something new every time. And they didn't tell the other person what it was, and the other person was already a yes. There was no negotiation. They negotiated that when they started the practice. And I was like, wow, that's hot. I like that. <laughs> and they would, even if they had a, you know, were going on a plane at 7 in the morning, they would get up extra early so that they could still do that practice. Wow. They kept their word about it. And if one didn't feel like it mm. on the day, then they would have a confrontation conversation about what's up. Yeah. So I thought, wow, that's hot. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they became my role models for a minute, you know, like, yeah. yeah, so I feel like you and I are like that, and we don't come up with it every single morning, but it's, yeah, it's it's really important to come up with new yeah. and strange and to give the other person the ability to lead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's fresh and new every time. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I agree. It's, it's the beauty of having your having your sovereignty and that's what that's one thing that i think men um, often feel like they may lose when they bring all of themselves into the lovemaking that somehow he, he's something's up something's something's um could be lost or could be uh, he may have to give something up right whatever that might be there's men hold that fear of what am i giving up here by doing this right and sometimes it's my freedom sometimes it's my wallet sometimes it's my whatever but really getting that this is a gift that you're giving to what i call the goddess in every woman and instead of what is it you're giving up it's what do you bring into the party pal what'd you bring you know what do you got and bring it all allow you to have those emotions to really feel love even with this person who's new in your life if she's your you know newest girlfriend and you can bring it all and without hooks without you know and express those those issues that you have like I did like with like what you did I find that I dilute in relationships and I don't want that okay great well let's figure out a way not to have that happen whatever that thing is that you're afraid of bring it up say it it may be hard, but she's your ally. And, and, I mean, just to put exclamation points on it, when you bring all of yourself to a woman and you mean it, she, there isn't anything she wouldn't do for you. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. So you're afraid to give something up or to give too much or whatever, but look at what you get if you do give that. Mm. You just get... When we, I mean, just the sex magic aspect alone of the stuff that we're teaching, when a woman gets touched the way we teach them to do sex magic, mm. I mean, women cry. They just don't, they, they, they've never been touched like that before. No one's ever paid so much attention to them. Mm. And so 
what wouldn't she do? Right. In return. I just, I just, I don't think there's any limits. Yeah. That's so, yeah. So this stuff is real we're talking about here. Yeah. This is not, uh, there's no gimmick here. This is like really authentic communication, whether it's verbal communication or physical communication. It's authentic. Right. And there's no hiding from it. And being sovereign is a requirement. Hello, London. Everyone in London, Michael Gibson and I are coming to London October 4th to the 6th. And we're bringing a course called Extraordinary Lovers. And we plan to offer both communication skills to help you seduce each other over and over again as a team sport and also real hands-on skills so that you can bring that real heat back to your relationship. We're going to teach men some skills. We're going to teach women some skills. We're going to be teaching ways to communicate and then ways to touch each other so that you feel met. And that's a very rare thing in today's day and age. So please join us. We can't wait to be there with you. And here's how you can find out about it. Go to uk.lauriehandlers.com. We would love to have you there. Like, to me, what being sovereign is, is still retaining who you are, making your own decisions, and... Um, being authentic, like, like bringing bringing it all. And the one thing is not giving your nervous system away to the other person. Right. So we've been taught in all the songs we've ever heard, in all the movies we've ever watched, yeah. that you know you're supposed to give your nervous system away to this person. Uh, no. <laughs> no, you give your love. Your admiration, your devotion, your touch, your communication authentically, but your nervous system is yours. That's right. And your decision making is yours. And maybe there's things you need to work out and negotiate, but that's doable when you're committed to communicating. That's so. right. Yeah. I love that. That's a that's the perfect way to uh, I think uh, complete this podcast is that communication is the key to any great relationship. Now I highlight this with an example. It's a story I heard, or, or a um, it's kind of the opposite. But there was a man that ha- had been married 50 years, and um, they were having he and his wife were having the 50 year anniversary. And um, one of the young men who was newly married, you know, asked the man. He said, "You know, how how'd you do it? You know, you guys have been you seem happy, mm-hmm. and how'd you do it?" And he said, "Well, he said when we got married, we made it we made an agreement." And the agreement was that if she had her apron tucked down on the left-hand side, the kids had been rough that day, and I need to come in and take over. And if it was tucked up on the right-hand side, it meant that she just needed a little bit of time, and I might want to take a walk around the neighborhood. And he said, I cannot tell you what 50 years of good, clean air walking around the neighborhood <laughs> That's terrible. would do for a man. But think about the communication, the agreement to communicate what I need. Um, It's a funny joke, and it says something about how little we communicate. That's the least amount of communication that you could get as an agreement. We're talking about the most amount of communication. 
the good stuff, the juicy stuff, the hard stuff, the real stuff. Communicate it with your partner. She's your partner. He's your partner. Look at her like that. Like, you guys are, you know, I hate to say it this way, but partners in crime. <laughs> <laughs> I say we're partners in creation. That's true. Yeah. And, we, and we're talking about more than making a baby. Right. We're talking about creating a life that's hot and filled with intentions that are bigger than either of us as individuals or even than the two of us. Right. As as partners. So I think it's a life of creation. Um, and there might be a little crime in there. I don't know. <laughs> Crimes of passion. <laughs> Everybody needs a little strange. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it strange. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming and being a part of the podcast. I, I just adore you and appreciate you so much. And you have taught me a great deal. And, um, and, and I've disrupted your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've done a little disrupting myself. You have. And, uh, and it's been fun. And it's been fun. Well, this is just the beginning. This is really just the beginning. This is a new podcast studio, so we're excited to be able to utilize this on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Um, you'll be able to go to uh, the Academy for Men's uh, Facebook group and Facebook page to see these kind of videos. We also have uh, a Patreon page. Please come and support us at patreon.com forward slash T-A-F-M. That stands for the Academy for Men. Um, and you can also go to, this is a longer one, but patreon.theacademyformen.com. Um it's important that we have these kind of conversations. These discussions matter. People don't have them enough, I think. And what we are is a we're a, a beacon for couples, for people who are either in relationship, looking to be in relationship, to have the kind of tools and skills to navigate this, you know, complicated river of relating. And um, and it's important. We get it out. We got to be able to talk about these things. Yes, make absolutely. It real. And um, and and provide people with the right level of, or maybe not the right, but with the level of knowledge that they can take away and actually implement themselves. That they can impa- be empowered mm-hmm. by. Absolutely. So yeah. yeah. So shall we mention London and how absolutely. to get? Absolutely. So we're going to London in uh, October, October fourth to sixth. We're teaching Extraordinary Lovers Weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in Central London, and you can find out more by going to uk.lauriehandlers.com, and you can register there. Please, if you know anybody in London who's really having relationship challenges. And they need, look, we're not therapists. We're not going to do psychotherapy with them. We're going to teach them some skills that will make all the difference in the way they touch each other verbally and physically. Those are the skills that we can offer. And they'll have fun because we're funny. (laughs) So, (laughs) So please join us in London. And if you're not in the U.K., We'll be coming to a neighborhood near you soon. We have many plans. We'll be in the U.S. in various cities in 2020, and we'll also be in Canada. That's right. And um, we'll be in Mexico at a festival. So we're, we're starting our world touring, and we want to see you. We do. 
join us, won't you? And again, that's uk.lauriehandlers.com if you're interested in joining us in London. And uh, very soon we'll be going to Florida, uh, like you said, Canada and some other places. So I'm excited for all of that. Me too. For the Academy for Men podcast, my name is Michael Gibson. This is the lovely Laurie Handlers. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.